Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. KSL's Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'm anxious for this next conversation we're about to have with a gentleman named Neil Simon. He, over the weekend, I encountered an article of his uh, published in The Bulwark. I've got it shared on the Lee Lonsberry Facebook page. You can go there and check it out. And it carries the headline, Romney Bloomberg. The unity ticket America deserves. Subheadline reads, independent voters are being abandoned by two parties moving further and further out to their polls. There's a way a third party run could break the logjam in 2020. You heard that correctly. I said Romney Bloomberg, the unity ticket America deserves. That article authored by Neil Simon, who's a, a businessman, former candidate for Senate uh, and an author, joins me on the line now. Mr. Simon, sir, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be with you, Lee. Uh, also an, an author, you have a, a book out now, Contract to Unite America, 10 Reforms to Reclaim Our Republic. I'll let you promote that as we wrap up the conversation. But tell me first about how you came to this thesis of uh, Romney Bloomberg, the unity ticket America deserves. Well, the book is about 10 reforms that would bring our country together and would change the incentive structure and our political system. And the last one is about creating a culture of unity. And I think just like in any organization where culture starts at the top, where the behavior of your leaders really determines the behavior of everyone within the organization, our country works that way to some degree. And so one of the things I call for is a bipartisan administration. And it's something that has happened before. The last time it happened was Abraham Lincoln. And it could happen again. And I just know from when I was on the campaign trail, I would talk about this periodically, particularly in the wake of um, John McCain's passing, because McCain's greatest regret was not appointing Joe Lieberman as his vice presidential candidate. And when I would talk about that on the campaign trail, people would just look wishfully and they would say, imagine what this country would be like had we had an administration with a Republican president and a Democratic vice president, how different things would feel today. So that's really where the idea came from. Is it an exercise? Is it a thought exercise or do you see feasibility here? Listen, I hope there's feasibility. Um, and I know that Senator Romney is smart enough not to run in the Republican primary, and he, uh, I'm sure he thought about it and decided not to, but um, President Trump's approval rating is so high within his own party, and particularly among the base voters who come out to vote in the primaries, that I don't think he would do it that way. So 
Um, I'd love to see him give it some thought, and I'd love to see him do it on a unity ticket, and I think the country has starved for that. And whether it's Bloomberg as his running mate or someone like Amy Klobuchar, or even whether it's someone like a John Kasich instead of Mitt Romney, I think any ticket like that right now, there is a chunk of our country that is starved for that. Does Romney have to be at the top of the ticket? You know, you'd have to ask his running mate. <laughs> but but I'm not sure, you know, it'd be up to him and whoever he was running with. And um, But um, in my mind, he doesn't have to be at the top of the ticket. I, now, I think with, in this particular cycle, given that you have a Republican incumbent, I think that if you had a Democrat or a left-leaning politician on the top of the ticket, you would almost guarantee a, a win for Trump. And that the way for this to work, you'd need a, a right-leaning politician on the top of the ticket that could draw some of the votes from the, the right as well. Sure. Now, you, you said that, e, that any number of candidates could fit the bill uh, running alongside Romney on this unity ticket. Uh, you, though in your article, you mentioned specifically Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg will be here uh, in Utah on Thursday sharing his message with Utah. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, voters, is Bloomberg the best suited to fill that role? or How'd you land on Bloomberg? Well, Bloomberg's obviously got high name ID, and that's something that's very difficult to develop nationally. Um, the hurdle for being included in presidential debates is 15% polling, and there was a pollster that estimated it costs $268 million to get to that point. And he's among the only candidates out there that has that type of name ID. And I think for the idea of a uni ticket, you need two big names that are credible enough and have histories enough that the, the public would would respect them. Re relying solely on his media blitz, the videos you see on, on television, on social media, that's how, at least in my estimation, how uh, Mayor Bloomberg has gotten to this point. That doesn't bother you, you at all. He's been untested on the debate stage uh, thus far. Uh, we'll see how things go tomorrow, but, uh, but you'd be comfortable uh, seeing those two run together? Well, we'll see. Um, tomorrow night. I think he's going to be on the debate stage in Nevada with the Democrats. Um, sounds like he's going from there to Utah. I'm a little jealous of that part of his trip. <laughs> um, well, so come we'll, on out. We'll we've, got, we've got planes landing daily. Right, right. So we'll see how he does on the debate stage. But he's an experienced politician. I've um, gotten to know a couple of people on his team. They are excellent political strategists. And, you know, when he first announced his candidacy, I think a lot of people were skeptical that someone as moderate as Michael Bloomberg. Remember, he, he was elected twice as a Republican. People don't know that. But right. Bloomberg was elected mayor of New York twice as a Republican, not as a Democrat. He, he's been a Republican a much bigger part of his life than Donald Trump has. Right? Donald Trump is a new Republican. Yeah. Bloomberg spent more of his life as a, a Republican. But um, he's an experienced politician. He's got surrounded himself with really smart people. And a lot of people didn't think there was a, a lane for him because the party seems to be veering so far to the left, the Democratic Party. 
But I think his strategy has been brilliant. You know, let everyone else beat each other up in these first four states. And then you get to Super Tuesday when there are ten times as many delegates at stake as there are in these first four elections. And he's blitzing those states, which includes California sure. and Massachusetts and a number of other Utah. states. In Utah. Utah. <laughs> And um, and he's blitzing them with media, and he'll and no one else is going to be able to spend ten million dollars on those states. And if he wants, he can spend two hundred million, three hundred million. And one of the things you learn when you're in politics, which I spent the last few years um, in politics, including a run for the United States Senate, is how money moves the needle, and how those thirty second ads actually have a huge impact on all of us, much more than you would think. Uh, Neil Simon, our guest, where can we pick up your book? The book is Contract Unite America, and you can get it on Amazon. And it's really about how do we change the incentive structure in our political system so that we don't always end up with the lesser of two evils. Um, and, you know, and I wrote the book for those of us in this country who are tired of this red versus blue warfare and think we deserve something better. Sure. Uh, Neil Simon has been our guest. He's got an article which I've shared on my little Facebook page, Romney Bloomberg, The Unity Ticket America Deserves. Neil, I'm grateful to you for your time. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks so much, Lee. Alrighty. Uh, that's that. In the next segment, uh, I'm anxious to talk to a colleague of mine, Dave Cauley. He's going to be joining us from Washington State. You know, Dave, he's the host of the Cold Podcast. And the story of Susan Powell continues. Right now, the Cox family uh, has filed a lawsuit against the state of Washington over the handling of the child custody case against Josh Powell. Uh, we know the terrible, tragic end of Josh Powell's two young sons killed at the hand of their father, uh, uh, years ago. Well, there's a lawsuit because of that. Uh, Dave Cauley is covering it from Washington. He'll join us next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.